Welcome to the program. The phones are open here on this live Saturday episode of the show. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. That is up to you. But we always bring things to the table to discuss. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Beakless Mountaineer. Coming up tonight, the Ministry of Truth that we talked about uh, like a week ago that the U.S. government has recently formed. They call it something different. The DGB. The Disinformation Governance Board, I it's think is It's easy the name, to remember right? if you just think KGB. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that is uh, on the way. They're, apparently it's going global. And uh, Piklis, you have the story about that. Uh, so we'll get into that on the way here. But, uh, but first, something positive, something a little uplifting. Uh, this is the campaign ad. And look, I'm not a fan of politicians in general. We don't interview them typically here. We've had Ron Paul on in the past. And besides Ron Paul, that's basically it. I think there was one other guy that we interviewed a long time ago on Free Talk Live. We don't do interviews very often. So we do interviews of politicians almost zero uh, but I would have this guy on. I would have oh, Jeremy yeah. Kaufman on the show because, well, he's one of our, our folks. Uh, he's a liberty activist here in New Hampshire. He's the creator of Library. Oh, and he advertises with us anyway. What do you or mean does he that? not do uh, Odyssey? They don't advertise with us. I oh. mean, we're not a, we don't have any kind of like deal with Odyssey. We just like Oh, we them. just promote it because it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Odyssey actually isn't Jeremy's company. Um, it was part of Library, and for listeners that aren't familiar, Library is this decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol. Mm-hmm. It's uncensorable. It's amazing, and you ought to check it out. Go to lbry.com to learn more about it. Jeremy is one of the founders, maybe the founder, of Library, and Library kind of spawned Odyssey. So I think it was somebody who was working for uh, for Library created Odyssey, so Jeremy gets a lot of the credit for it because he certainly helped promote it, but he actually wasn't, as I understand it, the guy who made Odyssey happen. Uh, Odyssey is sort of this front end, basically. It's a little more than that. It's more, uh, they've hired, they've bought some centralized servers and things like that to make sure that... So it's sort of like uh, he didn't make the web, he made uh, HTTP? Yeah, well, he right, that's a, that's a good way to think about it. He made a, a protocol, basically, and Odyssey took that thing and ran with it and created a website that would essentially compete with YouTube. In fact, recently, uh, there was a hit piece that came out against Odyssey. I don't remember if it was one of those UK uh, tabloid websites. I don't know if it was the Daily Mail or the Sun or whatever, one of those sites that uh, came out and attacked odyssey calling it the youtube for extremists and <laughs> odyssey was playing it down and i thought you know that's actually pretty cool uh, i mean good. i i would tune good. in yeah well i mean uh it, what's uh there's no such thing as bad publicity i tend to agree and it's uh it's Just sort of spe- that as long as they spell your name right and with odyssey that's a little tricky sometimes yeah. well and and uh what's the yeah <laughs> yeah it is difficult to spell o-d-y-s-e-e that's how they spell and, it yeah. uh, google does not want you to find it so no. spell it it's correctly a com- it's a competitor right um but uh it also reminds me of the uh first they ignore you then they laugh at you, then right. they fight you, then you win. Mm-hmm. So, okay, apparently uh, they're starting to fight Odyssey. Which is a good thing, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so, Jeremy Kaufman is the founder of Library. That's kind of what he's known for in the crypto world. He's also a free stater. He's a liberty activist here in New Hampshire. He moved up here uh, to New Hampshire from, I believe, his home of Philadelphia, or the area of the Philadelphia. 
And uh, this year, he has decided to throw his hat in the ring. It's his first time, I think, ever doing politics. He was, uh, from the speeches I've seen him give, he has been, prior to moving to New Hampshire, was very anti-political. And then the, they convinced him, right? Like the activists here convinced him that politics is actually a viable means, at least in New Hampshire. Everywhere else, pff, good luck. If you're libertarian, you have no chance. Uh, but well, I was uh, it was a similar case for me. So mm-hmm. uh, I moved up here and it was uh, uh, nobody formerly known as Rich Paul who talked me into into voting because at the time I was for like, like the first time. Uh, not for the first time, but uh, actually for the first time since I had voted against uh, Bush because I'm okay, still in convinced, a long time. Then. Yeah, I'm still convinced no one actually voted for Kerry because it's <laughs> uh, nearly impossible to do. But mm-hmm. a lot of people voted against Bush. As I certainly did. Okay. And uh, since then, I'd, I'd come to the uh, opinion that it was uh, sort of making their system look better, that they had more participation in it. Right. And uh, he pointed out that, well, if you are attacked by a mountain lion and you punch it in the nose, are you interacting with it? Yes. You are. Are you interacting with that mountain lion the way it would like you to interact with it? No. No. And in the same way, if you and and it's especially uh, especially important here in New Hampshire, where uh, not only on like a county level, because, you know, anywhere like you can you can probably change things on on a small enough level uh, politically. But there's really no chance above a county level except in New Hampshire. Mm. And uh, so it's especially pertinent here that the way that they want you to interact with them as, you know, predators and you as prey is to vote for Democrats and Republicans uh, or to vote for people that are going to uphold their institution and their old system that is uh, preying on you and in new hampshire most of the time it's democrats and republicans on the ballot but here you have a good chance that that republican and a smaller chance that the democrat might actually be a free stater might actually be somebody who's running under the cover of one of the two major parties but they're actually a voluntarist they're actually a hardcore libertarian anarchist type we've gotten people elected that way now to jeremy's um campaign he's actually running as a libertarian if he gets on the ballot and it's not a done deal yet they've got to collect three thousand valid signatures which means you got to shoot for like five or six thousand total because all you know they'll throw as many of them out as they can so you always got to shoot for double uh what they're looking for and that's no easy process i was down in front of the uh not the courthouse but the city hall today in and out of the city hall not today well yesterday afternoon for only an hour but uh i got like five signatures in an hour so i mean it is slow going going out there and and, and i'm not afraid to, to speak to people right like i'm not just standing there quietly with a clipboard You're no shrinking violet yeah i mean I, I definitely spoke to 30 to 40 people while i was there and so you know roughly one in 10 or a little bit a uh, little more than that were actually saying yes uh so they've got the other work cut out for them but there's luckily a good crew of libertarian activists here that are going out there getting those signatures and one of the reasons why is because well he's got a pretty interesting campaign here's the latest video that just premiered this uh this evening just came out within moments before the show starting and it is uh, jeremy kaufman for lizard person 2022 so apparently he's changing from running for u.s senate to lizard person here it is you got imagery of the Constitution and city halls and D.C. They say to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. All right. So I got to describe. Obviously, we're playing video and you can only hear the audio. Uh, the <laughs> video includes him walking out of what appears to be Manchester City Hall wearing 
it looks like a dinosaur outfit, right? But it's a lizard, right? So he's supposed to be dressed as a lizard man here, and uh, it's it's got his name and, in all green. And not a great-looking dinosaur outfit, I gotta tell you. No, it looks like some silly thing you'd find at a Halloween store or something like that, but uh, it's it's cute. Here we go. Yeah. And I want to become a lizard person. I would like to rule you. I'd like to lie to your face and then do something else because it benefits me. I would like to be as corrupt as possible. I would like to enrich myself. Now, there's lots of imagery here of lizard people. You've got a lizard face that morphs into Joe Biden's face, which then has a little lizard tongue uh, that sticks out of it. And lots of imagery of politicians in D.C. And, of course, he's talking about how politicians normally behave. And you've got uh, a nice little uh, reference to They Live, one of the finest movies ever made. Yep, that comes up here as well. Uh, And so just talking about how politicians behave, which is, you know, they constantly lie. And then tell yours for your own benefit. I'm Jeremy Kaufman, and I'm running for U.S. Senate. This is power to the people with a little lizard carrot written above it. Power to the lizard people. I'm serious. And then the (laughs) the final shot. I'm serious. Is the camera pans up? Jeremy's standing on like a I don't know. He's out out by some water, and he's just kind of standing there waving at the camera. And above him, it says "Obey," like real lightly against the sky. Which, of course, again another reference to "They Live," one of the secret messages. If you ever seen that film from the 1980s, the John Carpenter movie, we'll talk a little bit more about this. That's pretty much the ad. And then there's just some horrifying imagery at the very end of like a one eye and very very disturbing. Uh, stuff it's amazing jeremy4nh.com is his website Uh, they're doing some pretty amazing work with this campaign there's more coming up here it is free talk live this is free talk live the phones are open here and you can join us at 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 with you tonight it's ian and bigless mountaineer we're talking a little bit about some good news because there's really a lot of bad news to discuss here tonight figured to start the show with something a little bit fun and that is the jeremy kaufman campaign for lizard person 2022 which is uh, going on and doing very, very well. The production quality of these advertisements that he's come out with so far, and I believe this is his second ad. The first one we played several weeks ago, a couple months ago when it came out, uh, which was War is Gay. Definitely the the superior of the two ads, but they're both very highly produced, very well edited, nice music, lots of stuff getting cut in there. There's a lot going on in one ad. Mm-hmm. And so it does deserve extra viewings, I would say, if you really want to get a feel for for what's going on. I will link to this. I haven't done it yet, but if you follow us on our social media platform at social.freetalklive.com, you follow the Free Talk Live account there at FTL. Uh, I will put this up there for you. You can check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, The whole point is to not take this stuff seriously. I'm serious. Yeah, Which, of course, he says at the end of every advertisement. And and I love it. And that's something that I think is such a great approach to doing politics is to not let them get you to respect their system. And boy, do they hate it. <laughs> well, I mean, why do you think they show up in a big black robe? Right. Right. So that you respect the office. 
And sure. I mean, you know, like you will never, ever, ever see a, a senator or a president or a governor show up in like, you know, blue jeans and a T-shirt. Like well, that's just like, I mean, you might see them do that for a photo op yeah, at a yeah. particular thing, but they're not going to go deliver a speech like that. No, in fact, in many cases, uh, they are prohibited from doing that. There's rules, at least I know in New Hampshire, and I'm sure the same thing's true in D.C., but in New Hampshire, there's certain quote-unquote rules of decorum Mm -hmm. and part of the rules are a man must dress in a suit coat as Mm -hmm. i understand it now i've not read the exact you know what is acceptable and what isn't but it's one of those things where if you show up in a a pair of blue jeans and a t-shirt they're probably going to not let you in which by the way is sexist what do you mean well a man must dress in must dress in a suit coat yeah but they don't have the same rules for women it's a great point. And what would they do if Arya got elected? Right. A trans uh, trans person. Right. So I, I think there's a lot of room for somebody to... <laughs> Sorry. Just imagining the, the outfits that Arya would decide to go to uh, to these proceedings. In. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like the, the, What they're trying to do is distract from the truth. The truth is that these are human beings who are telling other human beings what to do that's right. under the threat of imprisoning and torturing them. That's what the state is. Now, what they want you to believe is that these are greater than human beings, that these are better than ordinary people, right. that these are some kind of demigod that actually has the power to tell the absolute truth and to make correct decisions in every matter. These are your leaders. Right. They're infallible. Which, Which of course, ties back into the lizard people. Mm. Like, you know, they don't want you thinking that they're, you know, humans. No. No, these are these are a superior race of beings that mm. God has determined to be your monarchs. Do people really still believe that? Well, there's there's different levels of belief, to be mm-hmm. honest. So there's the the belief that you think you have, and then there's the belief that you actually have. So, for example, uh, con- consider most churchgoers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, they will profess a belief that okay, this life is a temporary thing. And uh, what? And after you die, you will spend an eternity, a, an infinite amount of time, depending on whether or not you say uh, uh, professed that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior and believed it. Mm-hmm. Now, if they really thought that, if that actually was their fundamental worldview, they would devote every second of every day to trying to save as many of these poor people as possible from mm. the eternal damnation of hellfire. I mean, like, this if that's what they really believed, then they'd be like, well, this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I can meet my bills or not. Mm-hmm. What matters is, are you going to be tortured for all of eternity, or are you going to spend it with me in paradise? Now, Some of them take it more seriously than others, sure, right? Sure, sure. But, but that's the difference there. Mm-hmm. So now, the ones that really take it seriously, like the ones that are actually, like, out there doing They're silly, going, door going to door. go to door to yeah. door, like, you know, whatever, doesn't matter if I look absurd, we're talking about eternity here, mm-hmm. those people actually believe these things now the people that oh well you know i go to church on on easter and christmas yeah. and and i believe that this is what's going you don't believe that's a cool story bro on. exactly yeah now, now you say you do you may even believe that that's what you believe but that's not actually what you believe well the nice thing is they programmed into uh, some of these religions the ability to just come on in and say you're sorry and then you know all is wiped away and you don't right. really have to think too hard about it during your day-to-day 
right? Right. And, and a similar thing happens with uh, with uh, police or with politicians. Now, they will say that they believe that these are just ordinary people, but that's not how they act. Right. That's true. I mean, if you want to find out what a person really believes, see what they do. Well, and they can see clearly the other side and their faults. There's no shortage of people on the left pointing out all the problems with those that are on the uh, the right and vice versa. The right mm. can easily see the problems with Joe Biden and the people on the left can easily see the problems with Trump and all their uh, their ilk. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to their own house, when it comes to their own party, they have no ability to be critical at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the primary they can kind of, you know, see what's wrong. And then all of a sudden, all the problems with that candidate that they previously opposed just seem to get wiped away. Well, and it's something that uh, both parties are guilty of where they have absolutely no ability to realize that whatever powers they are giving to themselves now will be used yeah. against them in the future. I mean, like I, I was just talking to someone in Texas about like, oh, well, you know, we've really got to we, we've got to avoid this Muslim takeover. And so she's talking about how, you know, it's really important that we have all of these extra powers against the terrorists. And it's like, lady, you're the terrorist. Have you missed the memo? Like you're a Trump voter. You're the one they're targeting right now. I missed the memo that there's still a Muslim takeover. When was that still happening? Mm. Uh, 680. The Republicans are still, they're still passing this thing around about terrorism. Well, I mean, it it is a a basic belief that they have to take over the planet, Mm. that uh, everything must fundamentally be under Sharia law eventually to uh, all four corners of the earth is, uh, I believe, how they put it. And uh, even though as uh, Will Coley, a former co-host here and an uh, imam in the Muslim uh, religion, he pointed out that sharia law is actually just a set of rules for muslims to follow well that's exactly the thing they they believe that everyone needs to convert well there may be some that uh, that believe that but most of them aren't willing to point a gun at you they're uh, the, the people in that religion tend to be just as peaceful as uh, as christians well, as long that's as say uh, some of them are violent and some of them well, aren't and that's and that's largely a, a disagreement as to the use of tactics so some people believe that the best way to bring sharia law to the four corners is peaceful and uh, a minority believe that the that the best way is uh, not peaceful if you want to join the show here you can uh, bring up whatever's on your mind the blindness of the american people it's not just americans people all around the planet about politicians still falling for the same old tricks every two or four years depending on where you live the number is 603-283-6160 and you can join us here this is free talk live Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about the corruption uh, that is just systemic and is never going to go away. There's no amount of politicians that you can elect 
that is going to change things in D.C. I mean, I like Jeremy Kaufman and everything, but the odds that he's going to win, of course, are quite slim. He's running as a libertarian. So his campaign is as much of a protest campaign as any libertarian campaign. It's just that he's having fun with it, and that's why his campaign is noteworthy. And he's, As he should. Yeah, and he's not taking it seriously, and that's why he's getting the the groundswell of support that he's getting. Uh, and by the way, Jeremy Four, the number four NH dot com is his campaign website. They've come out with some really creative advertisements that are quite uh, striking as far as their visual acuity and well put together. But also the messaging uh, as well is very, very on point. The latest one is Jeremy Kaufman for Lizard Person 2022. And Picos uh, Mountaineer, you wanted to get into the lizard thing a little deeper than we already have. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say about it? Well, so one of the things to point out is that there are a tremendous number of people that literally believe that we are ruled by lizard people from outer space. I used to know one of those people. I mean, I still know him, but he doesn't live around here I anymore. I mean, obviously it's a minority, but like, and, and very much a minority, but still, like, you have to think, okay, well, why would people believe this? And so two things that stand out to me. Uh, Number one, it's one of those you kind of wouldn't put it past them kind of things. So in the same way that that they're flat earthers, Mm -hmm. because, well, they've lied to me about this. They lied to me about this. They lied to me about this. Why wouldn't they lie to me about the very nature of the world I'm standing on? But some of the flat earthers are trolls. Right. So there's some some percentage of them. them, And we don't know which ones are which. They're hard to discern. There's the true believers that really do believe the earth is flat. And then there's the people that are just trolling. They're just looking for a reaction. They're just messing with people on the Internet. They go to some of the conferences or whatever. So hard to know. I feel like the lizard people believers are probably more on the true believers side. I don't know how many of those are, are trolling in that well, case. and and in in both cases, a lot of it, I think, is the as far as the true believers is, well, I wouldn't put it past him. And I mean, once you like, once you start going down this rabbit hole, and you're like, well, they lied to me about this, they lied to me about this, they mm-hmm. lied to me about this, and you just realize it's like, wow, one lie after another. So you know, then you come across something like, well, maybe they're alien lizard people. Oh, there's theories out there well, that there's video of politicians where you can see their eyes turn to mm-hmm. like lizard eyes mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's some strange stuff, and yeah. and. So uh, another part of it that I think is is very important is while it, it, it almost certainly is not literally true, it very certainly is figuratively true. So like what are the claims about this? Okay, that you're a lizard person. Okay, well, what are lizards like? Well, they're cold-blooded mm-hmm. and unemotional uh, with ad- with an absolute lack of empathy. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like politicians to me. Okay. Um, let's see that they're that they're from outer space. Well, they are definitely alien to us in every way I can imagine. Their system of belief, their perspectives, their values are completely alien to normal human everything. So, okay, aliens, lizards, uh, shapeshifters, yes. That is how they got the job of politician. Mm-hmm. If you cannot flip and flop fast enough, you do not get the job. You have to be able to shapeshift. You have to look like this at this point and this at that point. And, uh, oh, vampires. Yes. Yes, they are. They are sucking the life force out of everyone. 
They're absolutely draining our life from us. So while these things might not be physically, literally true, the 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 meaning of them mm-hmm. is absolutely accurate. The metaphor. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and a, a lot of people in general have trouble with the idea, uh, especially in the modern age, that something can be metaphor and valuable or meaningful. Mm. Do you think that the people that actually believe that they're lizards, that they just can't believe humans could be so dastardly and evil? That's a big part of it. Mm. So there's uh, the, the fact that they can't believe that a human being would act like that mm. which mm, fair point like you and that's worth considering like how did we get to a point where there are so many people that in this little group act this way um part of it is well the like, answer of course you know is power attracts the corrupt and the corruptible and psychopaths are attracted yes, to these positions yes. whether it be corporate ceos or politicians there's right. a there's a tendency towards that right and and, and that's one, that's part of where this where this really overlaps with reality is that you do have like a certain percentage of humanity is psychopathic and, a small percentage but enough right. to be in the halls of right. uh, power hard to estimate but like maybe one percent of the population that's actually that's psychopathic heard. yeah but okay, so you've got this, you know, the, this subsection of humanity that that has uh, no emotion. Yeah, that doesn't cannot have, empathize. Well, doesn't have emotion as we have it. Okay, fair enough. Um, has they may get pleasure out of strange things that we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, has has no empathy whatsoever, and right. most importantly, has no sense of morality. Mm-hmm. Like if they, anything goes, yeah. If they want to know what is good or evil, they have to logically think it out, and and then they can figure out. Oh, you would think this was bad, mm-hmm. but as far as like an automatic or instinctual sense of, well, that's pure evil. Maybe I shouldn't eat babies. They just they don't, don't have, have that. It. They just go, well, why? It's raw. Mm-hmm. It's good for me. They say right. No, 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 no. No, I said raw. It was, it was a joke. Why eat babies? They're raw. They're not cooked yet. <laughs> I'm just saying that they, their belief is like what's good for them. Right. Anything goes to achieve that goal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and that sort of a thing is very much real in our world. So uh, to to categorize them as lizard people is not that far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Cuz like if you, you know, you know, put yourself in a little bit of a sci-fi sort of mindset and you go, "Okay, well what if you did have people who were basically like lizards living among us?" Well, they would act like psychopaths. They would they would lack our empathy. They would lack basic mammalian emotional structures, and they would have no sense of uh, of loyalty to the human species. Well, now and then, of course, we have to get into the inevitable conversation about the difference if there is a much between a psychopath and a sociopath. Right? Uh, it's uh, it's basically an outcome thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, criminality tends to be wh- where they uh, draw the line between those. Meaning the psychopath is willing to engage in criminal behavior, right. but the sociopath is not. Right. So uh, years back, I had a sociopathic friend, mm-hmm. and uh, he he knew what he was, and he was comfortable with it. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, I I don't do these things because that's how you end up in jail. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to." It's a very strange thing because normal people believe that this is the function of police in the first place. 
when I can tell you it's not why people don't do bad things unless they're sociopaths. People generally don't do bad things because they're good and they understand that uh, cooperation is important right? To, for the survival and the flourishing of the human species. We learned that a long time ago. Right. When you do bad things to other people, if you're not a sociopath, you feel bad, mm-hmm. which is why most people don't do these bad things because they've tried that, you know, as kids, because kids can be little monsters because they're figuring out, oh, yeah. right, I did this to that person. And then, you know, a week and a half later, I'm lying in bed and I'm thinking about it and it makes me sad. Well, I think a lot of people don't pick up on the fact that politicians are psychopaths because they're good at covering it up. They're, you know, and this comes back to the lizard people shape-shifting or whatever mm-hmm. into looking like humans, acting like humans. Right. They try to seem like they're like the rest of us. Like when I pointed it out during the Biden campaign recently where they had him go get ice cream with his uh, grandkids or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, oh, look, Biden eats ice cream, too. He's a normal person just like you. Or when Hillary Clinton uh, showed up at, you know, uh, somebody's house and acted like she'd been in an apartment before. And when in reality, she's looking <laughs> around like, oh, my God, people live like this. Mm-hmm. And then she's never driven a day of, in her life, by no, the way. Of course way. not. Uh, There's more coming up here at 603-283-6160. So it doesn't take long to watch these people and observe them and see they have no idea what the average person's life is like. They cannot relate, but they do their best to cover that up. And it seems to fool a lot of people. There's uh, more coming up here. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Live Saturday show. Phones are open. If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. We're talking about politicians and lizard people. Not seriously in that either of us actually believe that. We're just kind of digging into the belief and digging into you know where it kind of comes from and how it's accurate in many ways to describe the inhumanity of these politicians. Well- I would say that calling them lizard people is a more accurate descriptor than to call them normal people. They're not that, that's for sure. Normal people wouldn't try to be in those positions for the most part. Uh, Now, again, I'll give Jeremy Kaufman a pass on this. I think he's a pretty normal guy. He's a a freedom-loving person. Well, he's clearly not trying to be in that position. (laughs) I don't think he has any expectation that he will succeed because, again, if you run as a libertarian— and you think you're going to win, you are delusional. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish it were different. I wish libertarians actually did have a shot at winning, but unfortunately... I wish people knew what the word meant. Yeah. That would make we're still me happy. To, we're, still with, yeah, we're still to that point. I remember 20 years ago when I was doing Libertarian Party outreach in Florida, uh, going to different events. The I went to gun shows. I went to lesbian, gay and lesbian pride fests. I went to the county fair and... By and large, people had no idea what the term libertarian meant, mm-hmm. and that was sort of part of the point of the out- outreach was to introduce them to it. And I do wonder if it would be any different these days, but I don't have apples to apples to compare. I, right. I am banned from the county fair here in <laughs> Cheshire County. Uh, <laughs> I did do a, a table there for some we time. We must protect our pumpkins. But let's talk about uh, a, a recent example of how statism is alive and well and that politicians are firmly in place and are not going anywhere anytime soon, despite the fact that there have been a, a wonderful migration of freedom-loving people here to New Hampshire. 
Uh, Jeremy Kaufman is just one of a myriad of, of candidates who will be running this year, and, and many have been elected. I don't want to make it sound like New Hampshire has been an abject failure or anything. It's been an amazing success so far with thousands of people migrating here as part of the Free State Project, which is, a, for those that don't know, it's a political migration, basically. It's people who believe in liberty, libertarians, voluntarists, anarchists, coming to the same geographic area and not everybody's involved in politics. Some are anti-politics. Some are uh, outside the system, agorism, act- action of direct action sorts. Uh, and then there are those that do run for office. And earlier this year... One, one of the uh, one of the most attractive features here is that we have a really good homeschooling community. That's true. And uh, some and of growing. the states are, are really starting to put the screws to homeschooling. Sure. Uh, and New Hampshire is one of the better states as far as homeschooling and freedom to do that. Well, and a big part of that is that the biggest concern people have with that is making sure that they have, you know, socially capable children. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that effectively, you have to have a community of homeschoolers so that sure. so that they can interact with each other. And you absolutely have that opportunity here. Yep, that's happening here and, and it is growing. Uh, what we're going to talk about right now, though, is the poor bastard stuck in the government school system, specifically Croydon, which has been... Pointed to as this sort of free stater early success story, a fair number of liberty activists have moved to that particular town. There's a great little farm there called Bardo Farm that feeds a lot of people in this state. They make uh, you know locally grown beef and other delicious things on their farm, and they sell them around beef, pork, New Hampshire. Yep, yep, they've got like a co-op or something like that that, that goes on there, and uh, I've had some of their food, and it's it's very very good. Um, so that's one of the good things going on in Croydon, but they recently had a huge bit of news earlier this year. There's, uh, every year there's like a town meeting that, that happens in these, these small towns and, uh, the school board is part of that, or maybe the school board meeting separate, but either way, it's usually this small little meeting with a few dozen people that, that show up and, and they decide things like what should the budget for the school board be for the next year? And of course, in most towns, the school board comes, uh, or the administrators of the school system come to the the table, and they say, "This is what we think the next year's budget should be." And it's always higher than it was the year prior to that. And so, usually, you get two choices: Do you go with the higher uh, school board proposal, or do you go with the higher but not quite as high? Mm-hmm. So it's usually goes up a lot. Or goes up a little less than a lot. Would you like me to steal more of your money yeah. or a lot more of your money? Yeah, and so that's usually what the vote is. At the meeting this year, one of the free staters attending, who's the husband of one of the school board members, Jody Underwood, his name's Ian Underwood, he made a proposal that he'd been kind of, I guess, I've heard him interviewed about this, he'd been toying with for a while and he finally decided he was going to do it. He'd put together a flyer. Sort of this informational flyer with infographics and things like that showing school spending over the last 30 or 40 years and how crazy it is. They're spending, according to this story here at the union leader, $17,800 per student. And that's more than a private school in the same area is charging. The private schools, from what I understand, are like seven dollars to $8,000 per student. Well, and the thing about government spending is you never get what you pay for. Oh, hell no. I mean, you get a as, ton of bureaucracy. Yeah, I mean, as uh, in in the market, if you pay more, you're more likely to get a better product. Whereas, Sometimes. yeah, I mean, on average, Sometimes in you can general, pay too much. Sure. But sure, but I mean, on average in general, if you've got, you know, this is is this much and this is a little bit more, you're going to get more for more. Well, the thing is everybody 
who pays attention knows that when you look at the difference between a government school education and a private school education, every time the private school is going to just wipe the floor with the government schools. We're not even talking about homeschooling here. We're just looking at private school versus government school. And the private schools are showing that they're doing it for less than half the price than what the government schools are doing it for. Mm -hmm. And so this guy came to this school board meeting and he said, all right, well, look over here. This is what the private schools are doing it for. They're doing it for, you know, seven grand. Okay, why shouldn't we be able to cut our school budget down to half of what it is? Go from $17,800. Still be paying more than you get for the private school. To around $9,000 per student. And he convinced the people at that meeting. He had not announced this in advance. There was no, like, flyers that went to households or anything. It was just whoever showed up to this one-year, you know, once-a-year meeting, they got persuaded, and they voted to put this guy's proposal into place, which was to say to cut the budget by half and take it from, like, $1.7 million to $800,000 for the entire... It's a small town, right? We're talking about a few dozen uh, students. And... And that's and that's the direct result of stealing money from people in that area. Is they so like, sick of it? You mean? Well, well, no. I'm saying like the 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 enormous amount that they are spending per student. Mm-hmm. The fact that they were going to not spend that meant that that money went right back into the wallets of the people in that area. Well, it in theory would have gone back into their wallets, but what happened was, uh, and the 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 story is updated as of today. The status, the people that want bigger government, the people that love huge, just ballooning school budgets and other big government projects, they flipped out when they found out. They'd been they'd been asleep at the wheel. They figured, oh, well, we got this in the bag. Every year the school board goes up, the budget goes up. We we don't have to show up in large numbers. So they, they didn't. Most of them stayed home from the, the town meeting. And they got whooped at the town meeting. And they turned around and they said, oh, oh, crap. How the hell did we let this happen? Well, I mean, what are you supposed to pay the teachers? More. The answer That's is they always keep it, yeah. more. Well, in this case, they'd have the to cut jobs. more. They would well, have to cut the teachers' jobs. Well, how much jobs? more? More. Yeah. Always more. No matter how much we're giving them, we need to give them more. So the usual plot didn't work out this time. But these people are crafty. So they checked the legislation, they checked the statutes or whatever, and they found a loophole. They found an, uh, a redo option where if people didn't like what happened, apparently at the town meeting or the school board meeting or whatever you call it, some number of people could, I don't know, fill out a petition or something like that and then and essentially call for a recall, call for a, uh, a redo on the uh, the election. And that's what happened today in Croydon. The rules on the re-election or the redo election are that half of the town's registered voters have to show up. So normally at a town meeting, there's I don't know if there's a quorum minimum. There's some sort of number. It's very, very low. Uh, as long as X shows up, you get it done and it's it's over and X is fairly low. In this case, X is much higher. X is half for the number of people that have to show up. And boy, did they. Mm. These statists, these government-loving people, they got out the word and they got out the vote. And according to the union leaders, Megan Pierce, in a 377 to 2 vote at this meeting, they undid the budget cut 
and put the $1.7 million proposed budget back into place. And so the kids are going to be, you know, the, the taxpayers. Shut up and take my money. The taxpayers are going to be paying $17,800 per student to get them a crap can. And most especially take their money. Yeah. To get them give it to the people teaching my kids. No matter garbage, how terrible the education is. Right. It's a government garbage education that you pay way too much for. And yeah. so, boy, do they come in. And I mean, can anyone out there say that you graduated high school with any life skills whatsoever? Because I, I can't think of any no, that I did. Not really. Uh, nothing I couldn't have picked up on my own. There's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us and weigh in here on whatever's on your mind. Hour number two is coming up on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com free talk live it is free talk live we're kicking off the second hour of the program phones are open and you're invited if you want to join us here the number is 603-283-6160 in the studio tonight it's ian and peakless mountaineer by the way i want to say thank you to chris hartzell who is a free talk live supporter of our amps program over on patreon He's gold level, which means that Chris is doing at least 10 bucks a month. So thank you, Chris, for helping us out with AMPS, which stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind what we do here. So if you like this program and you want to see it or hear about it being on more radio stations, we've got over 190 great stations today. We could have more. It just takes time. It takes effort and it takes a little bit of money. So thank you to Chris for helping make that possible. You get some cool benefits and some perks. Uh, if you sign up over at amps.freetalklive.com, that'll take you right to our Patreon page. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We're going to go back to your calls. First up, El Conejo is on the line in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Um, I, I'm calling about Mark Edge and his uh, Free Island Project or whatever he's calling it. Um, for listeners that I don't do know, that, do I... I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, but just for our listeners, that we've got new people tuning in all the time. Mark Edge is a, a founding co-host of this show. He has been on the air with us over the last 20 years many times. It's just recently he hasn't been on much, so newer listeners to the show may not even know who that is. Uh, so you're referring to our co-host who for the last half a decade roughly of his life has been floating around the world honduras to africa to elsewhere uh the free private city project in the pacific uh as well and looking at different places that can have these uh special economic zones or mm-hmm. free private cities as as you mentioned and he's been quite obsessed with this recently landing on uh honduras and mm-hmm. an island off of honduras called utila 
where next door there's a Roatan, where there's currently one of these free private cities that is ostensibly in operational status. Uh, he didn't have an, I guess he had a disagreement with the guy that was running that one. So Mark wants to start his own or join a different one. It's a little confusing as to the exact status of that project right now. But El Conejo, that's what you're commenting about. Uh, so go ahead. Yeah, he's basically trying to uh, poach members of the Free State Project who are moving to New Hampshire to join his special economic zone in small isolated islands. But before I get into that, may I please do an impersonation of the news bumper you have to listen to on hold? Uh, sure. Hello, I'm Wimbley Pebblebrook. I'm here to deliver you CIA propaganda in a British <laughs> accent. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so the solution I have for Mark Edge's special economic zones and him trying to get uh, Liberty Lovers to move to his project and the conflict it's causing with Free Talk Live and the Free State Project uh, ideals hmm. is that um, these are small, isolated communities. He should start trying to market these as like summer or winter homes because the biggest complaint about New Hampshire is the winters. And he's talking about a free island project or whatever in beautiful paradise, but they're very, very small islands. Well, right. I'm sure there's plenty of people in New Hampshire who can afford to set up, you know, Airbnbs and resorts in these communities and their synergy, because I think we can all agree that uh, the best solution is one where there, it's win-win and not zero-sum. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's I very much see this as something that is uh, both a, uh, a an emergency retreat and a, uh, a successful expansion possibility. So like uh, New Hampshire is definitely a, a place where we can where we're you know, working to set up a libertarian community throughout the state. But there's you know the, always the possibility of uh, if they finally uh, stamp down on us too hard and we have absolutely nowhere else to go, it's good to have somewhere in the world that we know will be a place for us to go. And on the other side, uh, okay, well, once we're getting more and more successful here, like mm-hmm. we've we've got to we've got to branch out. And I don't think that there are any great places within the United States that are uh, that are ready for that. I mean, there's you know some possibilities with uh, uh, in the uh, in the Southwest or in Texas or in uh, in Florida, but uh, I I definitely like the idea of branching out to uh, somewhere outside the United States. And it could be the same people. I mean, uh, uh, laissez-faire economics in uh, New Hampshire is going to bring much economic flourishing. There's going to be lots of rich people moving there. I think it's already got one of the highest uh, economic or you know uh, personal incomes in the country. Uh, That's true. There. Yeah. So this can be the libertarian Hawaii, <laughs> right? Right. Las Vegas. It could be. I mean, I I have. I've been. I've had two mindsets about this. One is I want my friend to be successful. I want Mark to make this work because it's something that's important to him. Uh, and if it does work out, then that's great because, as you guys point out, it's a place for some people who can afford that kind of lifestyle to go. I'm not convinced that the average person is going to be able to embrace that because you would have to have enough 
wealth to be able to move to an island and then have the kind of, uh, unless you're like independently wealthy, you'd have to be able to work remotely. And there's certainly more people now than have ever before been, you know, working remotely. So that's probably within the grasp of more people than historically have ever had that. So I think there's some opportunities that, uh, you know, with this that could really work out. And then it could be a colossal failure, uh, especially if the uh, Honduran government is as well, as dishonorable as most governments you would expect to be, uh, and they go ahead and change the rules and change the deal and modify the contract and abolish the uh, the special economic zones or come in with the military or God knows what. All of which is possible here. Yeah, ter- well, certainly, certainly. Uh, and that's why I say I, I hope well, it works out for him. Well, and, and that's, that's one of the good- issues. Sorry, God. Uh, maybe it's a great place for snowboard, uh, excuse me, snowbird libertarians, you know, mm. for retirement age libertarians who want to stay in libertari- uh, New Hampshire but keep roots there, mm. but also want to spend the winter somewhere warm. So yeah, the, I think the, it could be a real mecca for winter. Yeah, the biggest complaint is definitely the, the cold. And, it is. Yeah, and uh, like you would brought up the, the, the problem of uh, economic resources uh, as far as doing the uh, doing a, 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 a sort of tropical uh, place as well as here. Mm-hmm. So I think that really comes down to how successful we are. Because if we're able to make a place of greater freedom, then we're going to have a place of greater wealth. That's true. So if – and I mean – Especially looking at uh, at cryptocurrency in general, I mean, let's it it keeps doubling year over year. Now there's there's some, some down variation. a little bit from its uh, from its recent high in mm-hmm. late last year. Oh it's yeah, sure, down by fifty sure, percent. Well, I mean, as anything that is a fledgling economic system, yeah. it's bound to be volatile. Sure, but so far it tends to uh, somewhere between double and quadruple on a year over year basis overall Mm -hmm. so if that continues to happen then we might not have nearly as much of a problem with uh with the economic constraints of being able to move back and forth between uh a a winter home down south Mm -hmm. and new hampshire el conejo any other thoughts uh i would just uh encourage mark to reconsider his strategy there is no conflict i think if he maybe rethinks this idea as more of a resort resort town slash uh, vacation destination, a crypto resort town slash vacation destination, and it would attract people from all over the world, not just uh, poach people from New Hampshire. I, I think when you're saying re- rethink his strategy, you're referring to the fact that he spends an inordinate amount of time kind of attacking the Free State Project, as though that's going to somehow build his project up? Yeah, and there would be obviously permanent residents in a resort town, a resort island, but he doesn't need to sell every single plot and think that everyone's going to live there year-round. Yeah, that doesn't seem very realistic. How he can integrate himself. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it doesn't seem realistic to believe that people are going to want to spend all year on a very small island with very little to do. There's not much. You don't get a movie theater or anything like that on an island with 2,000 or 3,000 people on it. Um, but, you know, that could change, I suppose. El Conejo, uh, thanks for the call. I would suggest you might want to write your thoughts directly to Mark. Um, sometimes he listens, but I suspect he's not listening every single hour, every single night. Uh, so you can reach him at uh, e at ftl.fm. That's his new email address. Uh, so check that out. And uh, thanks for the call tonight. Thank Appreciate you. it. Let's go to Sam in Ohio. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Yeah, I just wanted to ask you and Peakless what honestly made you make the decision to move to the free state. Let's talk about that. On the way here uh, with Sam, your calls and thoughts are welcome. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Peakless, you're now three years here? Four? Three? Um, oh, I feel like uh, it's been four. Uh, 2018, I think. So, okay, that's yeah, coming up yeah. on four then. Yeah. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can join us. Bring up whatever's on your mind as we kick off the second hour. We continue, rather, the second hour. Uh, 603-283-6160. Live Saturday episode of the show. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Beatles Mountaineer. Uh, that's 603-283-6160. We're going to continue with more of your calls and thoughts. Then coming up, the Ministry of Truth may be expanding globally. Peakless has that story We'll explain it to you. Plus, the U.S. Treasury has sanctioned a crypto mixer for the first time ever, which is very disturbing news. We'll explain why that is. Disturbing, but not unexpected. Yeah. Uh, We'll get into that if we get the chance. Of course, your calls and thoughts come first. We go first to Sam in Ohio, who had asked a question uh, just before we went to the break. Sam, can you go ahead and re-ask that question? I want to make sure I don't uh, misstate what you said. Yeah, just basically like why you and Peakless decided to move to New Hampshire in the first place. Do you want to go first? Uh, sure. I mean, so I've been a voluntarist for my entire life. Um, since Were your parents voluntarists? Well, so I... That's I, an unusual statement. Uh, sort of. Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, um, the fundamental worldview that I grew up in was absolutely a biblical Christian worldview. Oh. So from that perspective, the the best thing to do is to, well, simply have a, a relationship with God and make your decisions accordingly. So uh, so from that perspective alone, you you get the idea and and so part of it comes down to this whole like made in God's image thing, mm-hmm. which a significant part of that has always been the fact that we have this ability to make our own choices. So, I mean, like, unlike other, you know, unlike the beasts of the field, I can I can decide I value this and here's how I'm going to go about it. And if this happens, then I will do this. And if this happens, I will do that. And I can see other people and see what they've done and how that's worked out for them mm-hmm. and make my own decisions on that basis. So anything that, that completely goes in the face of that would be contrary to the divine plan for reality. Okay. So, so I mean, from that basis originally, I have been, you know, I have always had this uh, deep relationship with with free will. Hmm. Now, and and it's, uh, I know that there are a lot of uh, a lot of Christians that think that uh, God put governments here for our benefit, but. So I mean, that's insane. But yes, there are people that believe that. Well, so here's the is thing: is that though. the whole un- unto Caesar thing? They use that one to excuse it. Yeah. Ah, but you're you're missing the other half of that, mm-hmm. though. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto God what is God's. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. I mean, the very idea is like God is why there is a Caesar. God is why you are here to spend Caesar's coins in the beginning. 
And it's also very important to point out that, like, Caesar was literally deified on his coins. Mm-hmm. These were little gold coins that that depicted him as a sun god. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really important statement of, okay, we'll give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto God what is God's. So give unto God what is God's. Everything rightfully belongs to God. So you were um, a, a voluntarist as long as you can remember. How would you define mm-hmm. voluntarism? What is that? Uh, so voluntarism is that you should, is that all relationships should be voluntary. Mm, consensual. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, that... Unless unless you have my consent, you can't have a relationship with mm-hmm. me. So, in, and that means doing business or an actual physical relationship or whatever. Right, right, like right absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like you can't talk to me unless I want to talk to you. Yeah. Whereas government will say you will talk to us or we will abduct you. Yeah. Okay, so you were volunteers, and now what? So yeah, now. Now I uh, I have swung away from Christianity and back toward it mm-hmm. uh, a few times, in fact, in my life. But at at all points, even when I was like completely atheist, and I thought, okay, well, what form of government would function? And I absolutely racked my brain to figure it out because I knew about communism and capitalism and what was wrong with them and how they worked. And eventually, I I settled on, oh, none of the governments will work. None of them can possibly function, which is nice because it means that like the actual answer, the practical answer is the moral answer, which was uh, a surprise to me at the time. But yeah, so uh, with multiple different worldviews, I have always come back to voluntarism. Mm-hmm. And when I heard about the Free State Project, it's like, what? You're, you're gathering us together? Why didn't anyone tell me? What clued you into it? Um. Actually, it was because you had uh, Stefan Molyneux on. Oh, yeah. and you were already listening to him? Yep, I okay. was listening to him, and usually he cuts out uh, all of the commercials when he rebroadcasts yeah. any of his interviews, but uh, one of them uh, sort of slipped through where hmm. it wasn't like the, the radio version of it, but it was uh, the, you know, the, the like one commercial that you'll put in uh, on the podcast version of this. Yeah. And uh, one of the commercials that was there was you talking about if you're considering the Free State Project, consider Keem. Ah, yes. We still run like, that one. The what? <laughs> so I looked up Free State Project. And I'm like, what? You're gathering anarchists? Yeah. Why didn't anyone tell me? Right. And this was four or five years ago, right? You, yeah. you made the move relatively quickly after you oh, found as, it, Oh, right? as soon as I found out, it's like, wait, you're gathering us? Okay, you mean that I can be around other people who believe in free will choices and voluntary relationships? Because no one believes in that. You got in your van and headed oh, yeah. across the country. Oh yeah, I bought the van. Because wow, of really? That. Oh yeah. Did you have like an apartment you had to get rid mm-hmm. of? Or yep. yep. Okay. I said, when is my lease up? Because mm-hmm. I am going to New Hampshire. Wow. Yep. And you know the that's smart- decisive. Well, the smart way of doing this would have been okay. Well, I'm going to go visit New Hampshire. Yeah, but that costs more friends, money. Or at least like arrange a job for when I get yeah. there. Have a place to live. You set just up. winged it. Nope, just winged it. Just and it worked out. Loaded in the yeah. van. Have a you know it's it's room enough for a mattress. I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah, and you did. And it has been one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. I that's mean, awesome. Every now and again, I actually like sit back and think, wow, I went my entire life mm-hmm. without a community of these wonderful people. And, and it's, a, it's amazing. 
Because, like, I mean, you know, sure, there's variation in how good a person is, but, like, you have an entire community whose fundamental belief is is in line in this way. And, and it's a community that is so large. I think I think we should focus on this for a moment. It's so large, you can't know who they all are. And no, you no, couldn't you know who they all are. You won't know who they all are. And it's so large that you can be choosy about who you hang out with. Oh, like yeah. libertarians elsewhere, sometimes it's a little frustrating because it's like the same 10 people and you know some of them you don't really care that much for. Oh they yeah, get along yeah no, with I, had, I had a best friend for many years because he was the only intelligent anarchist in in my world at mm. the time. So you know, slim pickings. Yeah. Whereas here, yeah, you have choices. Right. You know, you can like you can find people with interests other than that that correspond. That's true. Uh, or other beliefs uh, that also correspond, and go hang out with those ones. Right. And more are coming all the time. Sam, I know you asked us both. I will answer the question coming up here uh, in moments, and you can weigh in as well if you want to join us. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Why do we join the Free State Project? This migration of liberty minded activists to New Hampshire, which has been going on almost 20 years now. It's been an amazing success, but we still need more. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us here. 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Peakless Mountaineer in the studio tonight. By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. They are a great source for learning the basics about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. You can head over there, click Get Started at the top of the page. You'll find some introductory videos that you can watch. The first one's all of like three minutes long, so check that out when you get the chance. And learn some of the basics before you decide to get in. I understand, uh, you know, price is down right now. I think uh, before the show, yeah, still around 35000 just over $35,000 per Bitcoin. It's the lowest price in months, many months for uh, Bitcoin. And uh, might be a good time to consider Steep getting in. discounts. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. It could go lower. It could start going up from here. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to hold. So go and start learning over I- at Bitcoin.com. I can make my prediction. Your prediction's worth about anybody else's prediction. You know, may as well. Uh, so at the moment, it seems to me the the biggest the biggest thing about crypto is that it's basically tied to the stock market. Mm. So uh, as I see it, the stock market's going to continue to go down until they turn the money printers back on. It is not per se tied to the stock market that's just an observation you've been making oh, yeah, as of late yeah. so not tied to it in the sense of like uh, uh anything hard and fast just tied to it in this in the sense of probabilities you're just saying that people are of the mindset of sell things right now right right and so, so so yeah there's like a 0.6 correlation which is a very high correlation so more often than not when people sell especially their uh their tech stocks mm-hmm. which are uh, also like uh considered a high risk investment so more often than not, when people sell off their high-risk investments in in tech stocks especially and in stocks in general, they will also sell off their cryptocurrency. And you think this is going to continue, this mm-hmm. trend? All right. Yep, that, that, is, uh, that is what I think. I, of course, have, uh, have no more idea than anyone else. Yeah, but, we have uh, no clue. But I mean the the fact that the that the Fed has uh, has increased the the interest rates 
Uh, although fortunately they've taken the the three quarter point uh, off the table for next time, so that's so they nice. say. Yeah, so they say. Um, and the fact that they're not uh, basically printing money by increasing their balance sheet means that uh, all stocks are probably going to keep going down. We'll see. But um, you can learn more over at Bitcoin.com. If you want the latest news headlines, go to news.bitcoin.com. I, in fact, have a story from news.bitcoin.com tonight about the U.S. Treasury putting sanctions against a crypto mixer. And we'll tell you why that's a really bad uh, bit of news coming up here. But Sam is still... Oh, and, and just one last yes. note. Uh, the one thing I do suggest is what they call dollar cost averaging. That's a good idea. Price yeah. goes up, the price goes down. If over time you invest at regular intervals, then over time what tends to happen is you make quite a bit that way. That's been the uh, the history with uh, with buying cryptocurrency mm-hmm. like Bitcoin for sure. Uh, so let's go back to Sam in Ohio. Sam, are you still with us? Yeah. All right. So you'd ask the question of us why uh, we joined the New Hampshire Freedom Migration, aka Free State Project. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Peekless have answered, and you said you were about to answer. Peekless, did you feel like you got your answer out fully? Yeah, basically, I heard that it existed. I mean, mm-hmm. I have I have always had this tremendous value for the human will and our ability to make free choices. And I have basically, I've always had this relatively consistent idea that you can't have this special group of people that have uh, that the rules of morality do not apply to politicians and cops. Yeah, you mean exactly. Uh, so I had a story from more than 20 years ago at, at, at this point. I heard about the Free State Project in the early days. I've been a libertarian voluntarist uh, activist for my, my whole adult life. Uh, I didn't learn the term voluntarism until a few years in. Uh, but as a libertarian activist, I was connected with the, the libertarian movement. I was in a uh, member of the Libertarian Party and active in various different ways down in, in southwest Florida, which is where I lived at the time. And when I heard about the Free State Project, which I must have heard of in maybe 2002, I don't know exactly when it was, and I don't remember how I heard about it. It's been so long. Um, I had the same kind of feeling as you did, Peakless, although at this time when I heard of it, the state had not been chosen. At the time when I heard of it, it was like, oh, well, let's let's get all the libertarians to move together to the same place. Yeah, it was, uh, it was for the record, a really brilliant way of uh, bringing this about where they're like, okay, what we need is a bunch of people to sign on to this project. So here's what we'll do. As soon as that num, as soon as the number of people willing to sign on to that project reaches this level, then we all do it. Right. And that's just a, I mean, like any kind of project that someone out there has like, okay, well, this will only work if this many people do it. Okay, well, overshoot that number and say, okay, once once we hit this number, then we'll actually do the thing. Jason Sorens, who's the founder of the Free State Project, later on, years later, looked back and said that he set the number too high. He set 20,000, probably should have been much lower, but Regardless, that's what happened. I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's working pretty well so far. Well, but it took a long time to get to twenty thousand people, and if mm. it there were some things that could have been done differently to kind of accelerate, and it, mm. that didn't happen. But anyway, when I heard about it, I thought, well, that's a no brainer because I knew that we were failing miserably doing what we were doing, which was, of course, the same thing the libertarians had always done for the last decades that they'd been around at the time in the late 1990s was when i was uh an activist and i thought well yeah this is a great idea and i I, so i joined the free state project and 
Um, they then had a vote. There was uh, the top. There were ten states that were candidate states. New Hampshire was one of them. And once the Free State Project reached five thousand members, the first five thousand then voted on which state. Uh, to choose as the destination state for the Free State Project. There was the ability to opt out of some of the states. I chose not to. I had to really decide, though, whether or not I really wanted to move to a cold place. And it took me that took me some time. Uh, and ultimately, I decided that I was willing to, to do that. So I didn't opt out of anything. If it had been Alaska, I would have moved to Alaska. Wow. But, uh, but it didn't. It wasn't Alaska. It was New Hampshire by a mile. I think Alaska would have been a, a poor choice. Yeah, it was New Hampshire by a mile. I mean, mm. nothing else even came close. Wyoming was second place. I believe Idaho was third. And uh, it was a huge gap between New Hampshire and Wyoming. So the New Hampshire people did an amazing job at, at pitching the state. They mm. came up with this cool list of 101 reasons that people should, libertarians should move to New Hampshire. It's very persuasive. Is that and that's, video? It's a video now, but originally it was a like a PDF. It was a text file. Yeah, the and, the title of the video was because of the the 101 reasons that they had come up with. Correct, and I do recommend the video. It's a little dated at this point, but the reasons are still solid. There's obviously, in my opinion, many more reasons than that now because we've had, as you pointed out, an amazing community that has been built here in the last uh, decade. But you can go to 101reasonsfilm.com to learn those reasons. The PDF version of it is still available on the Free State Projects website as well. So for those that just prefer to read, you can mm. go and do that too. Um, but for me, it was it was obvious. I mean, libertarians are failing miserably. They have been failing miserably. They try the same things every two to four years, and they lose hard, and they never gain anything. They never gain any percentages of worth in uh, the various different elections. So they're not growing in any way, shape, or form. The, the party is stagnant. Uh, I understand people think they're going to turn the Libertarian Party around this year at their convention uh, this month, and I wish them the best of luck, but I have no expectation that even oh, if I they... Do. Well, I appreciate your optimism, but even if they do take control of the National Party, it won't make any damn difference. Oh, as far I disagree as... completely on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, like uh, like we were talking about in the first part of this uh, of this. Uh, program when we were talking about uh, the the messaging that Jeremy Kaufman's getting out mm-hmm. there. So that's that's exactly the point. Like it's not a matter of getting elected. And yeah, I know that's sort of a contentious idea of well, we're a party, shouldn't we be trying to get people elected? And like yes, you're you're it's a lot more likely in in local areas. Mm. But the thing is, especially on a national level. We need people to know what a libertarian is. Oh, I totally, to have a I totally agree. Good idea, but it doesn't of what matter. That means. It doesn't matter. Even if people elsewhere know what a libertarian is, they're not going to be persuaded by it for the most part. Because as we learned in the last two years, well, most people thing. don't there's... want liberty. They want control. Right. They want some strong right. man to to lead them. You know, uh, there's uh, uh, I'm gonna I can't remember his name, Mark something, but uh, uh, he has a quote of uh, My job is not to make to wake up the sheep. My job is to wake up the sleeping lions. And that's the thing. There's not yeah. enough of them. How many is enough? Like we need, we need there's a reason why the Free State Project exists because there aren't enough sleeping lions around the country. We got to get them here to New Hampshire, and until the uh, until the Libertarian Party well, realizes until they that, know that they're libertarians, we're not going to get them here. Until the Libertarian Party realizes the importance of the Free State Project, they'll never make anything work. There's more coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. Bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up in less than two months, like a month and a half at this point, Forkfest 2022. The sixth, uh, sixth, sixth, 
I don't know what's going on at Forkfest. Uh, the sixth annual Forkfest is happening June 27th through July 3rd. And it is a decentralized libertarian camping festival in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. So you've heard us talk about the Free State Project, the libertarian migration here that has attracted thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented voluntarists and anarchists and libertarians for, like I said, close to two decades now. Uh, it's a real thing, but sometimes you got to prove it to yourself. You got to come and see what it's like. You got to come in for a visit. Uh, you and I didn't do that, though. To go back to Sam's question, you didn't visit here. Oh, no. Neither did well, I. Although uh, Porkfest and uh, later Forkfest was uh, was when I first got here. Oh, you arrived at that mm-hmm. time. Okay. Yep. So the timing just uh, happened to work out perfectly for didn't that. Didn't you that- come to Keene first? Um, let's see. No, come, no, no. Uh, Keen was Keen was directly afterward. Actually, was it okay? Yeah. So okay. Uh, when I first uh, when I first stepped foot into New Hampshire and kissed the ground for mm-hmm. getting here, uh, I was headed to uh, the White Mountains. Wow, so, cool timing. Yep i uh, I got there the Thursday. I was hoping to get there early enough to get the whole week, but. Uh, Driving across country from uh, Colorado took longer than expected. Any amount of either of these events is uh, still worth attending. So if you can make it to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it's going to be a little more expensive because you've got to buy a ticket. And you don't have to buy a ticket to Forkfest because there are no tickets. But the Porcupine Freedom Festival is basically oversold at this point. You can purchase a ticket, I think, on a secondary market. Maybe you can still get them brand new. Check out the Porcupine Freedom Festival website at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Forkfest is much more decentralized. There's no uh, there's no board of directors. There's no organizers. It's every person that attends is organizing their own uh, attendance you know you want to put something together on your campsite for other people to come and do maybe it's a a speaker series maybe it's a musical performance or some other sort of performance you can do that over uh at uh, wherever it is you are and promote it in whatever way you can you can go to forkfest.party and connect via chat rooms and uh, forum with other forkfest attendees and that's a good way to get the word out about the thing that you're planning on doing or maybe you want to ask other people to get involved in something that you want to do uh, check it out, forkfest.party. Again, mark your calendar June 27th through July 3rd and and reserve your RV site, your campsite, or your motel room with Rogers Campground. That's all you have to do to attend. Again, there's no ticket to get into Forkfest. It's much more laid back. It's also much smaller. There's not as many attendees typically. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen because, again, there's no tickets. We can't look at some you know ticket booking site and say, oh, well, look at this amount of tickets sold. We have no idea who's going to be attending. We just know when people are going to be there. June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Forkfest. And again, visit forkfest.party. We're going back to your phone calls and thoughts here. We've got Jet. He's on the line in Colorado. Go ahead, Jet. Yeah, hi. Yes, sir. I, I have a treatise here that will take about a minute and 10 seconds, and then I have a question. Okay. It has to do with, um, well, just it'll, it'll be apparent. All right. I'm saying this is for all the three-letter agents who might be listening to the voice of liberty and, and reason. I understand that you truly believe that somehow magically you have been given special rights, powers, and privileges. You truly believe that the badges, titles, and uniforms you wear imbue you with a certain superiority. Worse, you truly believe that you have a right to rob the rest of us to pay for your presence and bad behaviors. Oh, I acknowledge that there are plenty of others who imagine these same things, but in reality, you have been misled into a demonic deception I call it a mental disorder. You have been deceived into believing 
that as an agent of politicians, you may hurt others who have not directly hurt anyone else, for the imagined good of society, of course. Somewhere, every single day, you gather a group of fellow gang members to initiate and intimidate the hell out of people. In some cases, beat them, sometimes kill. In reality, you are no better of a human than the majority of people you terrorize. Mm. So here's the truth. You are just other humans, just other people who in reality have no more right to do anything than I, your neighbor, or any other human. Thus, in your present form, you need to know that you are a serious menace to society and not a benefit. Fortunately, more and more average people are becoming aware of it. So I'm asking you to realize that we are all just humans on this earth together. That way you may choose to become an actual servant of mankind instead of the goons and thugs of politicians. I implore you to always seek the truth, and may God's peace be with you. Amen. I have a question, too. Thank you. That was very nice. I also have a question real quick having to do with abortion. Okay. If it's, if it's okay. I just want to know, because of all the discussion, why it's never mentioned that people should be educated in how to deal, you know, with emotions and, you know, the sexual thing, the absence and personal responsibility. No one seems to talk about the personal responsibility of this abortion thing, that you have a choice to get into something. I mean, when I, when I got married, um, I knew that we were intending to have children. And I knew that I needed to be the responsible person should my wife get pregnant. And so I have three kids. I just, I just think that uh, it, it, there just needs to be more discussion on education. Um, the idea that if you make a choice, you need to know the consequences and be willing to bear those consequences. Well, I think that's a general true statement. I didn't hear a question. Well, the question was, why is it not included in the discussion? You know, why, oh, why is which personal discussion? responsibility not included in the abortion discussion? Yeah, it's always it's always, hey, it's my body. Stay off my body. I get to do whatever I want. Blah. You know, it's never. Said, There's a discussion hey, of rights, but not of responsibilities. Yeah. Well, exactly. So personal accountability flies in the face of the power of the goons. I mean, it's really just that simple. So if people are out there being responsible for their choices and taking the benefits and the detriments and and so on, like it proves that we don't need them as these pseudo parents to watch over us and to force us to do things. I mean, personal responsibility is empowering not to a group, but to an individual. And that's the last thing that can be allowed into the discussion for exactly that reason. I mean, every single part of our culture as it exists within the framework of the state exists as a disempowerment mechanism for every individual. I mean, an individual is capable of extraordinary things, but that's not the messages that we get. Okay, I'll just give it my last opinion, and that is, that no matter how small the cluster of cells that are human cells, they grow into a full human if given the opportunity. So it doesn't matter at what stage. Thank I'm you for the call tonight. I disagree with you on that. You said you are going to disagree? I'm going to disagree with All you right. on that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 
Now, uh, to to go back to his point on uh, personal responsibility, like, look, if you if you believe in abortion and that's your right, I can definitely tell you this. Every woman that I have ever known that got one regretted it. Mm. They they feel terrible about it. They have nightmares for weeks. So like whether or not it is morally acceptable for you to do it, it is a bad choice. There are certain things that are simply bad choices. Getting addicted to heroin is a bad choice. And while I believe you have the right to do it, I suggest you avoid it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, take some personal responsibility. Don't put yourself in a position where you are summoning a human being into existence and then stopping it from occurring because it won't go well. It will hurt you physically and especially emotionally and psychologically if you take that choice. Now, that being said, I am I am very much of the belief that once you take your first breath, that changes everything. Now, you can take this from the, the, the spiritual side mm-hmm. to say that the very word spirit is breath. You can take this from the practical side to say that well, we have to draw the line somewhere, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, for, and first breath, I can tell you this much, that quantum instant of the first bacterium touching your lung mm. is a very fine line that we can draw exactly then. Or if you want to take it just pure philosophy, property rights. Property exists when you mix your labor with nature and you are responsible better or worse, for the effects of mixing your labor with nature. And that does not occur until you take that first breath. And that is when I am obligated to defend you. It's an interesting argument. If you want to weigh in here, you can join us at 603-283-6160. It's probably the most solid line I think I've ever heard anybody draw on that issue. 603-283-6160. You can join us. Whatever you think about it, I don't think people should be thrown in a prison cell over it. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. You're invited if you want to join the show. You can do that here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Coming up, the Ministry of Truth. If we get the chance, uh, Peakless, you get the story about the expansion, likely expansion of this concept to more than just the United States. Uh, that's on the way, and it is Ian here. And Peakless Mountaineer. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts coming up uh, first, though. The number is 603-283-6160. Let's go to those phone calls, and we'll start with Robert in South Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live, Robert. Yes. Hi. I was thinking to myself, you know, I understand that some people, they like to have a, almost an anarchistic society, but, you know, I've been I'm one of them. down a lot of a lot of roads in a lot of the societies so far in my life trying out different ones. But And you decided um, you love the state. Big, well, big I fan of fascism. I, I didn't say that either. You know, it's it's a very, very tricky business. Well, you did say it. I mean, you've called this show many times in the past, and you basically well, uh, slobbed the knob of the state on oh, the yeah, air every you, single you night. You have done absolutely nothing but praise government and uh, and its effects. 
Maybe I've been lucky. I've just lived in places where the government happens to like me. I don't really know why. But they've always been very kind to me. Well, they love the obedience. Mm -hmm. I mean, they love people who... They don't actually love you, but they love it when you do what you what they tell you to do. They love it when you're not a problem for them by standing up and actually standing for something meaningful like individual liberty or freedom, which you've never done never done in your life. Well, and you propagate the myth that they have moral powers beyond that of any mortal man, and they love people that do that. Well, you know, I I, 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 I you're a tool. I just never had any conflicts with them. They, I mean, every, they, they always smile at me. And they're always friendly. And they're always helpful. You know, and, and, yeah, you don't and, mind them stealing from you and telling you what to do. Yeah, and you've always been happy to jump to whenever they tell you what to do. Yeah, I mean, there are people in this world that like being told what to do and people who don't. And you appear to be like to be told what to do. And you know what? You should have that for yourself yeah, if that's, that's what you want. That's that's absolutely what I want. I want there to be a place where people who love government can go and be a place where people who don't love government can go. There are like 180-something countries and within the United States, 49 states that are perfect for people that love the government and love being told what to do. And for those of us that actually do give a damn about individual liberty and freedom, we pretty much have to move to New Hampshire. But what was the point of your call tonight, uh, Robert? Well, well yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out which one, you know, you know, there are governments like you're like you're suggesting that are that are come that are a little bit maybe even maybe a little bit consequential. In other words, governments who really don't break their neck to to give you the absolute best service. And and <laughs> like here in South Carolina, you know, here no government breaks its own neck to give you better service. No government well, anywhere on the planet gives a damn about serving people. Right. If they cared about giving good service, we would have the ability to fire them. Which you well, cannot we do. do. <laughs> no. Sorry, that's, that's just a fantasy. You have no ability well, to fire this. If you the do, state. then please fire this one, and I will get back to you on a better one. Which Which one do you want fired? All of them. The United States federal government would be a really good start. Well, you know something. They, they're only there because we 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 we, we voted them in. No. You and who else? Because I sure don't. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't show up to the vote uh, this year, they're going to still be there. Yeah. If literally no one does, then I guarantee you Joe Biden will vote for himself and whoever they run on the other side will vote for themselves. Well, well, he has every right to. I mean, a lot of politicians are legal. They have no right to vote themselves powers over other men. They have no right to rule over other men. Everybody has a right to one vote. No, no one has a right to a vote over other people's property. Well, this is a representative democracy, and we can't make all the decisions no, it ourselves. Isn't. Be, I know they be, fed you that line, and I know that you believe that in your heart of hearts, but you're wrong. Well, what is it then? Okay. The alternative is that we sit in the Congress ourselves. I mean, we're, we're, No, that's no, not the alternative. No, that's not the alternative at all. So let me, let me put this in terms that you can comprehend. What Good I'm luck. advocating... What I'm advocating is that I get to be a monarch, you get to be a monarch, Ian gets to be a monarch, and if you and some other monarchs want to have an alliance, you go do that, and I will be apart from that. That's the beauty of our society. We're all monarchs. The hell it is. What kind of a fantasy are you living in to where you could actually say something like that? It's true. You can you you're free to do whatever you want as long as it doesn't interfere with other people. That That's is not, not true. even remotely true at all, dude. I'm facing 420 years maximum in prison right now for doing something that has no victim whatsoever. Allegedly, okay. 
Okay, I, I lived in Germany, and in Germany I had Combi Rechtsversicherung, which means uh, a combination. I had a little business, so I had my, my insurance. Did you insurance. ask for permission had, to have that business? Of course I had permission. But, but Did you ask for it? Religion. Yeah. You I went did. to some government agency and filled out a form or more than one form requesting permission to have that business? Not only did I do that, but I got money from them to open the business. I got news for you. That's not what a monarch does. A monarch doesn't have to ask permission. A sovereign, a person who is their own king, does not have to go to another king to request permission to do whatever it is that they want to do as long as they're not harming anyone else. So you've just contradicted the thing you said less than two minutes ago. It's strictly a formality. Otherwise, no, it's not. Keep order. You, the reason you do it is the same reason everyone does it. Is so the the other king, the the government gang known as Germany, doesn't kick your door in and demand that you do what they say, or they throw you in a, a prison cell for the rest of uh, of your life. If you go and you fill out the forms and you give them enough money in advance, they probably won't do that, and you know that, right? They give they give you money in Germany to open a business. So even worse, in that case, they're then stealing money from the rest of the people of Germany to then subsidize your business, whether or not it's any good, whether or not the idea was a decent idea, you're going to go ahead and get paid to open up a business that could just be total garbage. How, how many years did it last? It lasted until I had to come back and look after my mom. Oh, uh, good for you. Well, And I notice how quickly you sidestep, okay, you made the claim that we can do what we want as long as we don't interfere with other people. And then Ian points out, okay, I am facing this enormous and unbelievable punishment when he did exactly that. Harmed nobody, interfered with nobody, purely voluntary interactions between all parties. And that's just me. We can come up with tons of other examples. How about Ross Olbert, who's in prison right now for two life sentences plus 40 years for running a website? Okay, what you've got to do is you just got to make sure that everything is perfectly legal, and you do that by, by getting it. That's not what a king does. Would... Right. Well, do you, do you have any concept of what it is like to be a sovereign? Of course not. Yes, I do. My, my great-great-grandfather was a, was a Roman senator, and we were at the leadership of the Roman Empire for, for, since almost a That beginning. has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. That has absolutely nothing to do with being a sovereign. Do you think the Queen of England asks someone for permission when she decides to set up a newspaper stand? No. She asks no one. Do you think that she goes to the Queen of Bavaria and asks for permission when she decides that she wants a car parked somewhere? No. That's what a sovereign does. They do what they want, when they want, and as long as they're not harming any other sovereign, then they don't have to worry about the effects. So do the rest of us, basically. Those are just points of order. That, that's all. It's no big deal to get to No, it is a big party. deal. It is a big deal. And that's I the know difference. you don't care. You like following orders. You like to ask permission. Yeah. And you love it when they reward you for asking permission the right way. Yeah, and it's a joke to act as though you're a sovereign. I mean, that is just an insult to people that actually understand what sovereignty is and attempt to actually exercise as much of it as they can. Now, Someone who asks permission is, is a serf. Now, we 
should be sovereigns, yeah. in this country especially, that was the whole point of kicking out the King of England, was so that those powers would devolve unto the people. And we even for a little while were at least paying lip service to the concept, mm-hmm. which is why Lansing versus Smith pointed out directly that all those powers were now the powers of the people or the state, and state, of course, was defined by something that the people had created. So all those powers were supposed to be ours. But look around you. Thank you for the call tonight, Robert. Always good to hear from a bootlicker. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160, but one that actually seems to believe he's something else, which is amazing level of uh, self-delusion. 603-283-6160. I guess it is kind of hard to consider yourself a serf and a slave. It's, it's preferable to have cognitive dissonance yeah. than realize the truth. More coming up. Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Dean of Peakless Mountaineer in the studio tonight. You can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. Join us on our social media platform. Unlike the big tech, mega corporate social media, ours is run by us on our server. It's independent. It is a Mastodon-based system. You can go to social.freetalklive.com. Mastodon is an open-source uh, system that anybody can run. There are, in fact, thousands of Mastodon servers out there. They are federated together, which means you can reach other people on other Mastodon servers from our server and vice versa. So head over to social.freetalklive.com to get connected there. That's social.freetalklive.com. Back to your phone calls and thoughts. We have Jack on the line in Washington State. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Uh, the other night you guys were speaking about uh, contrails, chemtrails. Uh, I, I didn't choose the topic, but yes, somebody did call in about that. Yeah, and that subject on, you, and you're a, uh, um, a non-believer. No, no, I wouldn't. Are... I wouldn't say that per se. I'm a skeptic, uh, and there's a difference. I do understand that there have been government sprayings of things. I went through one of them in Florida. It was called malathion. They sprayed this chemical that was allegedly going to, I think, do something about mosquitoes or some sort of tree bug of of some sort, and and uh, that was quite nasty. Uh, what they what they did there. Um, so that's not to say I don't believe that governments would and or have. Uh, sprayed people it's just i don't buy the claim that they're doing it every day all day everywhere with thousands of planes and pilots and constant uh poisoning or whatever it is that people believe about this so that that summarizes my position you know listen to your debate the other night i kind of fell in the middle like i always have about Mm -hmm. it for the last you know 10 15 years but have you ever came across a sky where there's like way too many of them and they're going too many clouds. No, too many too persistent contrails. Yeah, they're just like everywhere, and you know, you think you'd see the planes going up and down, sideways, and wiggling. And I know they move, and they, you know, there's wind up there, right? And it's know, very cold. Thirty or forty. I don't, I don't huh? know. All I'm saying is, I'm in the middle. I don't go either way on this one, okay. but. It is strange. Well, there's no real evidence uh, to back this stuff up. It's pure conjecture, for the most part, pure paranoia. And uh, it's, once again, yet another conspiracy theory that bogs people down into the realm of total fear 
about just living in the world around them, that everything's out to get them. So and... I, have, I, have, I have a completely different way of viewing that, okay. though. So, okay, let's, let's assume hypothetically that this is the case, that they are constantly spraying whatever it is, uh, chemicals or, or uh, aerosolized metal particles yeah. or uh, viruses or whatever it is. Okay. So let's assume hypothetically that that is the case. And in spite of that... I have been able to to muster up sufficient physical health that yes. I am able to think these independent thoughts. Evidence, at the very least, that their mind control plans are not working. Right. And, I mean, I, I definitely know that this is the case as far as, like, uh, the, the fluoride in the water. Uh, as far as if you're going to uh, poison somebody, it makes more sense to do poison the water supply. Well, and if you want to control somebody's mind, it makes more sense to run the schools. Well, Those are things that are much more yeah, provable. The, the, the schools was absolutely mm-hmm. the next thing that I was going to bring up. I know for a fact that they are poisoning our minds through the schools, especially and secondarily through our media system. Mm-hmm. So I know for a much fact more effective. That, right. I know for a fact that through those means, they are working very diligently to make sure that I am unhealthy mm-hmm. and incapable of independent thought. And in spite of the tremendous amount of effort that they put in, I mean, it's a Herculean amount of effort that they put in through definitely provable means and possibly some of these other means. And in spite of all of that, they still can't get rid of the free thinkers. We're still here. So to me, that is actually the important part is to focus on in spite of all of these efforts, we are still here. Indeed. I just don't believe in this particular uh, effort as being a thing that is actually something that is going on, let alone something to worry about. And I didn't, do not want to live in the world of fear that these people live in, where every time they look up at the sky, they believe that they're being poisoned. And then they think that, oh, my God, this is this is horrible or whatever. They're, they're constantly afraid. That is not a, a good mindset, not a healthy mindset at all. And that's what this encourages. That's what this particular belief system encourages. All these people that believe, um, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them, every time they walk outside and they look up at the sky, that's what they think about. And I just think that's so disempowering. Hmm. Anyway, what else, Jack? Oh, I, I, I believe that take a, you know, as a conspiracy over thousands and thousands of years, government or comparable you know, organizations that control population have gotten really good at it over the years. At hiding. Have they, though? No, I don't think they have. I see. I think we see them in a lot of these conspiracies and different things. I'm I mean, saying they uh, more than anything. I I think that they're. Uh, so I do believe that there are control structures that have been built up over thousands of years and especially important ones that have been built up, up over the last couple of hundred years or even hundred years. However, number one, I would say that the people operating those systems are not uh, like, okay, we know that the, that some of these systems are not operated by the people who invented them. And I would say that the people who are operating them are not capable of inventing such a thing, hmm. are not capable of fixing these systems when they break down. So all they know, it's it, it's kind of like that scene in uh, Idiocracy, right? So he walks into the hospital and there's this sort of slack-jawed idiot at the – well, as all of them are in that <laughs> world uh, – who's at the front desk and just like – 
pushes the button of like, well, it's not this, it's not this, <laughs> must be this, pushes that button. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very much the same level that the that the politicians and bankers and oil uh, moguls and all of that are at this point. Like, they inherited a system of control. Mm-hmm. They don't really they know how it, it works. Mm-hmm. They can't fix it when we find ways around. Uh, like, one of the- Increased interest rates. Yeah, uh, one of the- biggest uh systems of control is the monetary system Mm -hmm. and we have done a complete end run about that now that hasn't really seen fruition yet but we've done a complete end run around the monetary system and they and the people who are running this don't have the ability to fix that problem so they're trying to slow it down in, in every way possible but they're not able to do it Jack, thanks for the call tonight, man. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. Uh, if you want to join us, the number 603-283-6160. I, I did have it in my show prep for the last several days, this story about the interest rates where they have uh, increased the uh, interest rates, the benchmark interest rate by a half percentage point. The Federal Reserve, which is its allegedly most aggressive move since the year 2000, they say this is going to, quote unquote, fight inflation. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. And how could that even be the case? Well, no, here's the thing. Like, what they want to do is to convince the people that they're doing something Mm -hmm. without actually doing something, because actually doing something would mean that less of our money goes into the pockets of their criminal friends on Wall Street. Sure, they can't have that. Right. But what they want to do is to convince everyone, including their criminal friends, that they are doing something so that that the uh, the, uh, inflation will be stopped. Which, of course, is total bunk, no, because no, as long as they keep printing money, it's that's well, what the definition of inflation is. And it's too late at this is. point. Uh, there's more coming up here. If we get the chance, we'll talk about this story. And your calls and thoughts are welcome, though. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime you want at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. They go back for many years. You can download at your leisure. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. In the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And Peakless Mountaineer. We're going to go back to more of your calls and thoughts on this live Saturday episode uh, first up, we have Major Payne in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major. Hey, good evening. Yes, sir. Um, well, evidently, old China Joe is trying to pencil whip something to the Department of Just Us. Hmm. And it, what it's going to pertain to is, uh, what is it, the World Health Organization? Isn't that what... Uh, this crazy Dr. Fauci's in charge of? No. No, no, no. That's, uh, he's in charge of the uh, uh, part of the CDC, the National uh, Institute of okay, Health or something. Yeah, like yeah that. of uh, allergies okay. and infectious diseases. It's yeah. NSAID yeah. The, is the acronym. And he's been there, by the way, since 1984 in that mm-hmm. position. Okay, well, it would be the CDC. The next time there is a pandemic, the CDC, through this newly enacted log, Going, through, they're trying to push through the Justice Department. They will be able to basically have martial law. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and since you bring up the the World Health Organization, there's actually a big push uh, for all of the countries of the world to answer to the World Health Organization the next time there's a global pandemic. Oh my. Yeah, so they're 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 trying to hit both sides of the eight ball at once. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I suspect this whole COVID thing is going to come back around again. I don't think they're done with this. They've, oh, yeah. Medical martial law is is the future. And look at what's happening. It's the current in uh, Shanghai and mm-hmm. in China where they literally are locking people into their apartment complexes now. And, I mean, it is abs- absolutely insane. They're wrapping. We, we learned this the other night, uh, the Northrop Gundam channel on Twitter They've been posting just insane video after insane video. They are now wrapping uh, the sides of the the road, so like a long road that goes between cities or whatever. On on the side of the road, you've got that metal barrier or whatever that you typically see on the side of the road. Well, they're now wrapping that in like barbed wire, in razor wire, to mm-hmm. stop people from getting out of their cars and just running into the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, we talked we, we talked about that last night, and you were saying they were also spreading doo doo on the wall, and I yeah. told you, well, that, that's an old trick. They and they're they, and they're putting the razor wire up in cities too. There's there's images and uh, and videos just from just in the midst of a city. There's razor wire being put up, just dividing people from other people and preventing folks from leaving the area that they're supposed to be in, according to the communist uh, government. And there's and, no reason this can't come to other places. Yeah, when you see this happening in China. Don't think to yourself, oh, it can't happen here. Instead, start thinking to yourself, how many years will it take for us to do exactly this? Mm. Depends on how obedient people are. And the 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 reason why it's happening in China is because people did step A and locked themselves in their own apartments. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until weeks later that the gates, the metal uh, gates started going up, and now the the barbed wire is starting to go Mm -hmm. up. You talk about China, I'm going to bounce back to the chemtrails. There was... uh, they had the Olympics, I think, almost six years ago. And one of the Chinese ministers of health or some foolish thing like that, he opened his mouth because uh, one of the broadcasters asked him a question about uh, the, the weather and how do you know that everything will go down as you plan? He says, oh, don't worry about the weather. We control that. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, no, Major. That's, that's absolutely correct. There are uh, weather manipulations through uh, uh, high atmosphere aerosol releases. Let's go to Sarah. She's in uh, New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yes. Um, I've been hearing about this uh, C- um, CIA agent with the last name of Hansen, and he was actually spying for the Russians. So he flipped over to the other side, and then he w- he ratted out the double agents. In other words, uh, the Russian spy that were spying on both sides and all the U.S. spies. And a lot of them got executed and tortured because of him. And it took him like 20 years to catch him. And uh, But I think I saw him on television a long time ago also. But what's funny is that he had the same last name with, with uh, Richard Hansen, my my friend. It's a, I think they're somehow it's related. Com- it's a fairly common last name, actually. So why are yeah. you bringing this up? I mean, this is an old case, right? This is a 20-year-old case. Right, right. Was it was it the seventies or the eighties? But I mean, it's still it's still kind of intriguing because we still have a lot of spies. We're swapping uh, spies back and forth. Um, all the people that are getting released from Russia and. Because when they release our people, um, it's still going on. It's oh yeah, well, really I mean the the. I mean, uh, uh, McCarthy catches a lot of flack uh, in historians' uh, uh, depictions, but uh, the entire State Department was rife with Russian spies. 
I mean, they were looking everywhere. They were looking especially in Hollywood, uh, whereas Hollywood was more of a, a culture. They were culturally communist, Marxist, socialist, uh, which left leaning people tend to be more creative just in general. So that's why they were looking there. But uh, what was really infiltrated directly by the agents of the USSR itself was the United States State Department. Sarah, if the Russian government came to you and asked you to become a spy, would you say yes? Well, I I don't think I want to do, like, rot in jail like this guy. Uh, That's what's okay. happening to him. I mean, the pay might be really yeah. good, though. Oh, no, he got paid. And yeah. he got paid. In the, in the, I'm saying, the, you're on the, welfare. You could probably make some good money working for the Russian government. No, I'll just do my little Mickey Mouse stuff I'm doing okay. over here <laughs> on the free talk life. So you're trying to help the communists, but, but you're not officially working for them. Well, only Sarah believes that the Russians are communists. <laughs> That's true. Well, and another thing about that, you know what? One of the what was the allure? I mean, he got paid, but another thing was that they called him a comrade, and they convinced him like they've convinced me that communism is good for the people. Like I'm telling you, because it's about social security. Well, um, Free maybe. for all, and he really believed it. Well, and, and he's maybe like, well, how would they he turn was him convinced over? by the same thing that uh, convinced the Russian premier. Uh, maybe he saw one of our random road stops, just a, a little gas station somewhere, and realized, wow, you have 50 different kinds of every kind of food, and we have trouble just feeding ourselves. By the way, the guy she mentioned is on a 15 consecutive life sentence in maximum security prison in Florence, Colorado, ADX Florence, where he's in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day for the rest of his days. Uh, thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Let's go to David in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, my great-great-grandfather was Hans. Hmm. His son was Hans' son. There you was go. Oli. Hmm. Hans' son, Olson. Get it? Gotcha. All right. Yeah, back that thing up. And uh, so you, you didn't really like uh, you didn't really like the uh, when I was uh, complimentary of three judges. So I'm going to go back to ripping on judges again. All right. So I've, I've about gotten a fight with uh, with uh, one judge here in uh, New Mexico in the in the black barbershop where I get my hair cut, and uh, that was Tommy Jewell. And Tommy Jewell, he used to be the presiding judge. Remember, this is uh, New Mexico where all judges have to be related or uh, having incest with <laughs> other judges. It, it's required. So okay. follow this follow this closely. So I, I, David Olson, I go to the black barbershop, get my hair cut all the time when I, live in, when I lived in Albuquerque. And so I was at the black barbershop one day, get my hair cut. And uh, I was the only uh, poor black child uh, in there. They're actually white. But anyway, so I, I see Tommy Jewell comes into the barbershop, and we're both in the waiting room. My, fun, my friend Patrick, uh, he's a comedian. He runs. He runs the barbershop. It's a cool barbershop. It's really good. It's uh. It's called a, a better you. A better you. Get it? But it's a good barbershop, and and they have a uh, student haircuts there, and it's cheap. But so I so I see Tommy Jewell come in the door, and he sits down, and I sort of I saunter over here over to Tommy Jewell. Now he's Tommy Jewell. He was the presiding judge of the Children's Court in Albuquerque on Second Street. There, he was the presiding judge of the Children's Court. You know the one that John J. Romero. Hey man. The one I that took music, your kids. Man. Hang on. The number here, we'll get to the conflict, apparently a barbershop fight. Yeah, he seems surprised that there's nepotism in government when it's called a crime family for a reason. <laughs> I don't know if he's surprised at this point in his 
his career. He's been abused by them for uh, for many years. There's more coming up. You can join us, 603-283-6160, in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for you if you dial in now at 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Bigless Mountaineer. You join us online at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to uh, check out our podcast feeds. If you have a podcast client and you would like to receive episodes of Free Talk Live as they are released, just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. And you'll find our RSS feeds there. Copy the one you want and put it into your favorite podcast client and you will receive every episode automatically. You will not even have to lift a finger further. So check that out at feeds.freetalklive.com. We're going back to David in New Mexico who is regaling us with a story. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, where he was in a barbershop. And a uh, apparently you get your hair cut at this barbershop regularly, and a judge uh, walked in. You say his name is Tommy Jewell. He's a state court judge there in New Mexico. And uh, go ahead. What's the rest of the story? He was, man. He was. He ain't no more. He ain't no more. He's retired. His, uh, his, okay. wife was, his, his wife was, too, Angela Jewell. Angela Jewell. She, she ain't no more either, I don't think. And, um, yeah, it's all true. You can ask Patrick, who owns a better you in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You can ask Patrick. So Do me a favor before you go on with the story. I know you're excited. Back off yep. your phone yep. a couple inches. You get really loud, and it gets just, a little distorted. Just, man, I'm excited. Is that a little, better? A little better. Go ahead. A little better? Yeah. All right, man. So anyway, so Still yeah, so Tommy Jewell, Tommy, Tommy Jewell walks in there. Remember, Tommy Jewell, he, he held the same position as Judge John J. Romero, Jr. You know that name? And, and the same position as Judge M. Monica Zamora, presiding judge of the Children's Court in okay. uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, second judicial district. Yep. So they all three had the same the same job. But I run. I'm in the barbershop, and Tommy Jewell comes in, and I see Tommy Jewell sitting there. And so I, I walk over to about oh, about ten feet from Tommy, and I started pleading my case. You know, hey, what's up? What your wife did to me, man? She did me bad, man. And uh, Tommy Jewell, he he, you know, he's he's a big black big black guy. He wasn't angry before, but he was angry now. And Tommy Jewell, <laughs> Judge Tommy Jewell, he he walks across the room all slow, and he's like twice my size, man. He's like look like six feet. And about twice my weight, and he walks up, and he, get, he gets the ball up in my grill, man, get, puts his face about a foot from my face, and he goes, what you want me to do about it? And, uh, and I said, well, you should be, you should be doing something. You got, he said, I ain't a judge anymore. I said, yeah, but you're still connected. You're still connected, Tommy Jewell, so you should be doing something about this. So I take that as a, fe- a little bit feeling guilty because he asked me, what you want me to do about it? He didn't say it didn't happen. Mm. He didn't say it didn't happen the way David said it did. He just said, what you want me to do about it? So I take that as an admission, Tommy Jewell, Angela Jewell, Judge M. Monica Zamora, Judge John J. Romero Jr. Did the owner of the barbershop appreciate you starting things with uh, his other clients? He, no, he he was cool with it. He was he was actually more on my side than on Tommy's side. He was all cool about it. I, after after it went down, I, he watched the whole thing. I walked over to him and I explained to him what went down, and he was all cool with it. You know. Okay, so he didn't ban you from the barbershop for that. Behavior. Oh hell no. Okay. Oh, you know this no. guy he, is he, apparently a fifth degree black belt, according to <laughs> an online uh, biography of Tommy Jewell. I, I ain't scared, man. He's also he's also a drummer in a band called the Woodpeckers. How do you like that? I still ain't scared, man. <laughs> okay. I still ain't scared. Well, thanks for the story. There you go. David versus the judge. Still more effective than voting. 
mean uh, getting up in the face of a judge? Of a former judge, yeah, even. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you had a story that we've been teasing all night, uh, Peakless Mountaineer. We, and we get to talk about the thing? It is, a, it is a thing to talk about. The Ministry of Truth, the uh, governance of disinformation or whatever they call it, the disinformation, disinformation governance board. Disinformation uh, governance, governance board. board. They, yes. for, they formed this recently. It's the Department of Homeland Security here in the United States. And it made a lot of uh, rounds on social media, rightfully so, because it does sound a lot like the Ministry of Truth. They will be determining what is disinformation and what is not and doing something about it. We've yet to see what the something is, but I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, But there's other news related to this. uh, 60 countries, 60, sign declaration that commits to bolstering, quote, resilience to disinformation and misinformation. Hmm. Oh, and in case you're wondering about the difference between those two, uh, so it's basically uh, telling you like an intentional lie or just giving you bad information. Okay. So I misinform you when I pass along something that I might think is true but isn't, whereas disinforming you, I know this isn't the truth and that's what I tell you. Okay. Also known as lying. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, The United States and 60 partner countries, including the UK, Canada, Australia, and members of the European Union, have signed a sweeping, quote, declaration for the future of the Internet, unquote. Oh, God. Yeah, if that doesn't send shivers down your spine, I don't know what's wrong with you. This is already sounding very bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I... I think we're I think we're at peak bad at this point. Mm. Like we're we're entering the worst of times with this. I mean, wow. they are literally controlling which information you are allowed or not allowed. Oh yeah, by the government. I mean, this is literally out of a dystopian novel. We had a story last night where a federal judge issued an order telling every internet service provider in the country mm-hmm. that they had to block certain websites. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I That's figured a first. out. I figured out what to do about that one. So mm-hmm. here's what you do: someone needs to uh, decide that they're going to uh, be an ISP, mm-hmm. and then sue that judge. Saying, I'm an ISP, but I'm not allowed to get any clients because I literally can't know for sure mm-hmm. if any of them are or are not this jo- this John or Jane Doe. Yeah, I would think they would have standing. All right, tell me more. Uh, the, uh, Declaration of the fu- for the Future of the Internet, which commits to bolstering resilience to disinformation and misinformation, quote-unquote, and somehow upholding free speech rights <laughs> while also censoring "quote unquote" harmful content. Uh, hmm, no, that those two things don't go together. Ha! Huh. Nope. So you will have more free speech because you have uh, because you're not allowed to say certain things. No, no, that doesn't make oh, is sense. That, is that not how that works? That sounds like double speak. Oh, so more of a thing is different from less of a thing mm. well that's double plus on that is triple plus ungood mm. this is bad yeah seriously like it's one thing to set up a, a a ministry of truth it's one thing to for america for the for the most powerful country in the world the creator of the internet to to start up this this government agency that will decide what is and is not reality and whether or not what you're saying conforms to that reality is terrifying. Now, whether they're going to start putting people in prison right away uh, for this is another question. But you can better believe they're going to work with the big tech corporations like Microsoft and Facebook and the rest of mm-hmm. them to prohibit any kind of alternative mm-hmm. beliefs being expressed. 
what's worse than that, though, is to have 60 different countries oh, yeah. doing this together. Yep. So, I mean, it's literally global governance of human thought. Like, that's where we're at. And, it's terrifying. And I mean, uh, like I was thinking about the uh, the case you were talking about yesterday, mm-hmm. and obviously the point of that is just to scare them. So, I mean, it's... it's to scare the internet service yes, providers? Yes, exactly, exactly. Because mm-hmm. as you pointed out, this could apply to literally everyone. We don't know who this is that you're supposed to not allow to have a website. So what does that mean? Well, it's we are threatening you with a process. And that, as we've pointed out on this show many a time, the process is the punishment. Sure, you can say, well, you can appeal and you can do this. And it's like, yeah, you can spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time that you're never getting back. As they say, you can beat the rap. You just can't beat the ride. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. So they want to scare Internet service providers so that there is a chilling effect on who is and is not allowed to set up a website. So if they want their business to continue unimpeded, they better censor the crap out of all of us just to make sure that it wasn't these bad people. Or spend millions of dollars trying to fight for the freedom of your uh, your customers. Right. And there's another story that I'm, uh, I don't know if I, I think I briefly mentioned it. The Department of Treasury Foreign Office of Foreign Assets Control. They're a fun bunch. OFAC. They have now announced they've sanctioned a website for the first time ever, a cryptocurrency mixing website called Blender, Blender.io. And they say that because the Democratic People's Republic of Korea has allegedly used this website, now it must be sanctioned. And usually when things are sanctioned, that means that average people are no longer allowed to use them or it becomes a criminal act. Well, and that's exactly the problem. So the very concept of privacy, the very concept of anonymity means that they will now assume that you are uh, North Korea or that you are whoever uh, the, the John Doe in that case was. Mm-hmm. They will assume we it it is very much you are guilty until proven innocent. And good luck doing that. Yeah. And that is how they are governing our thought and our communication. And it's terrifying because humans have two options. Either we talk or we club. That's it. We're entering uh, entering into a very disturbing anti-free speech zone here in the United States and the other 60 countries that were involved in this treaty. Uh, We will keep an eye on things, of course, as best we can, as long as we're still allowed to broadcast. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.